Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy dropped Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. John, we are into December, which means I imagine the kids are counting down the days until Christmas with the elf on the shelf and all that stuff going on. What's up, man? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, they are definitely counting it down, at least. That's good. Uh, the Elf on the Shelf has provided some fun entertainment. <laughs> um, my wife uh, is getting really creative with that, so it's been a lot of fun. I, I, this is the first time we did it, so and I didn't realize how what a success it is because my daughter's... My, my son, he just goes, Elf, Elf, but my daughter, you know, Chloe, she's five, so she she's like into it and has wants to tell everyone about it and everything, so... But that is awesome because... You know, the, there's going to be a point where you're like, oh, God, Elf on the Shelf, do we still have to do this? And then the kids get older and then you're going to be like, oh, man, I remember when we did Elf on the Shelf, it used to be fun. So, uh, I, yeah, my kids are too old for me to even uh, have to deal with the Elf on the Shelf. But uh, even my stepdaughter, I think because her brothers are kind of too old, she's uh, she's she's not with the elf in the shelf stuff. So I have never been able to experience it. Yeah, it's 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 fun and it definitely it's it's exciting to see and, and we we got to go all out too. I guess you could put it whatever you want, but like like my wife one of the scenes was uh the elf got into um our youngest daughter's uh marshmallows and had like a big old pile in front of her on a high thing with but also she had some of the toy story characters with her eating him so it was this whole like you know the, the dinosaur had it in his mouth the marshmallow and it was kind of funny so we're gonna start this show with a little bit of sad news um if you listen to wrestling observer radio you know that dave Meltzer's mom is very ill and he made it seem like um she wasn't uh she was in really rough shape and and, and was possibly uh you know, near, near the end there. I what's, I was like trying to think of moments in which we actually, uh, had a chance to kind of, you know, hang out a little bit with, uh, with Mrs. Meltzer. And I remember this was like one of the earliest times that I remember going to Dave's to watch wrestling and you were there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this was several years ago, but she was, you know, she was kind of an, an, until she um, until she got uh, I think she had a stroke. Yes. But before the stroke, she was still helping him w- with the business side of things, I think, with the uh, maybe with the paper newsletters or whatever. And it's just I, I just have like this vivid memory of like Dave trying to watch wrestling, like he's covering this show and we're watching this show intently. And she's just like, uh, you know, asking him questions and he's like trying to like, 
Pay attention to mom, yeah. but at the yeah. same time, she'd be like, I got, I'm busy right now. Can we talk about this later? Mm-hmm. You know, she's, she's a little bit older. So she's, you know, she's kind of just asking him, like just being a little forceful. He's like, he's like, oh, mom, you know, it's just so funny because, you know, Dave at that point was probably in his like, you know, mid fifties or whatever. And I'm just thinking of, you know, how, how old I am with my mom. I'm thinking of like, you know, having that conversation with mom mom, just let me finish this thing. I have to finish this thing. And then I'll, it's just, I just made me smile a little bit, just thinking of that moment because, you know, no matter how old uh, she is, that was still, you know, mother and son. And, and there's every iteration of that moment, you know, going to, to going back to when, you know, Dave was five years old. There was that moment, like every, you know, every iteration of his childhood. Yeah. I mean, I got to experience many of those conversations, you know, when she would come over and his dad would come over and dad would pop on the computer doing stuff next to Dave while he's trying to watch a show and they're asking a million questions. He's just getting annoyed because <laughs> then he has to rewind everything like 600 times. And I'm like, man, we're gonna be here forever. But yeah. <laughs> but, um, very nice lady. I remember when we went to the, uh, it wasn't a funeral for Dave's dad. It was a, what do you call it? Celebration a of life. celebration of life or whatever. Right. And uh, she was there and she was as sharp as a tack with memories, with, you know, her, both of her sons are speaking and she's getting a lot of family. And I just remember thinking like, man, you know, she is so sharp. And I was just thinking, you know, when I get to that age, gosh, if I have my faculties like that, I'll be so happy. Yeah, I mean, I won't. I'll probably be just spewing off wrestling facts and <laughs> results from the 80s, most likely. But uh, another another thing we wanted to mention was Jim Valley, who I have not had the opportunity to interview him. And when he is well and good and, and back to 100%, I'm sure I'm going to have to wait in line to talk to Jim. Mm-hmm. But Jim Valley is somebody who I have communicated with over the years. He's also helped me with audio stuff, and he's been such a really great guy. Uh, he is, uh, I think Brian said he took a step backwards in his recovery. So that's not good news. Um, so just, you know, we want to wish Jim the best. Can't wait for him to be back 100%. Uh, really miss him. Really miss his conversation. You know, he's in our Facebook group. He wasn't super active, but when he did post, you know, people paid attention to what he said, miss listening to his voice, uh, all of that. So just, you know, we're just, we're still rooting for Jim. Uh, I fully feel in my heart that there's a gigantic baby face comeback coming and, and he's going to recover. So Shout out to Jim as well. And also to, you know, to, to Dave's mom, I hope, you know, however, how, however things go that, uh, she goes in peace and, and, uh, maybe she extends the situation for a little while longer as well. But based on what Dave said, I, it didn't sound like it, but you know, I've been in situations where I've had, uh, loved ones who were, who were not doing well and they, you know, they extend it for a little while and it is, you know, then, you know, you, you remember those last days. So hopefully she is doing a little bit better than, than the other night. And uh, also good luck to Jim. So just wanted to tell a quick fun story. 
uh, Brian Alvarez was on the podcast version. Well, he was on. We we interviewed him for uh, for our book club chat, and I recorded it for the podcast. I put that up last week. The video of that chat is on our, our YouTube channel as well. So I reached out to Brian. I was like, "Oh, you know, you're in the top ten of of all time of podcasts on this network for the Fight Game Podcast." And he was like, "Oh, great." He's like but I want number one. And I, so I started laughing and then like he tweeted something. And then I think he retweeted another thing. And I was like, Oh my God, he's about to be the number one most downloaded podcast on our show. (laughs) (laughs) And so then he just kept doing it. And so I'll give you the, the quick rundown of, uh, of, of what he was trying to beat, um, which was, so the top two shows that we've ever done previous to, to Brian uh, jumping on here with, with the show is uh, tied for tied tied basically is Dave Meltzer unveiling his new Japan cup bracket earlier this year. And then the first time we ever had John Moxley on our show, those were the two most downloaded shows on the network. And so, I, I'm going to guess by this time next week, Brian will have close to doubled both of those shows. <laughs> so kudos awesome. to Brian for sharing sharing those. And I think a lot of people really liked it. You know, he, he doesn't do a ton of media, so it's actually pretty cool when, when he does do it because he, uh, you know, he pe- people don't see him doing so much stuff. So when they do, they, you know, they check in. But uh, that was cool. Also, if you haven't heard the uh, podcast from um monday i put this up on monday i believe which is myself and jay aka the great fowler who you know he's got his own situation going on and he did not really want to get on a podcast to explain his situation with his heart condition and just his outlook on life and his outlook on you know his thought process and possibly helping people in a similar situation to him and i talked him into it because you know, he thought, ah, oh, you know, I don't just want to go and talk about wrestling. And I was like, no, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll talk about some wrestling stuff because it is a wrestling thing. But, you know, also talk about you. We'll also talk about how you're dealing. You know, people want to know how, how you're dealing. People want to hear from you. And, and also, how can you help others? And so we put that show up on Monday. Uh, Jay was awesome. And so if you... Uh, you know, there there are some sad parts in it, obviously, but it's also, you know, there there's some really cool, inspirational parts as well. I think people have uh, have enjoyed that. So those are the two shows uh, that I wanted to just mention as we get closer to the end of the year here. Also, UFC 256 is coming this weekend. John has a lead on our UFC pickums. Heidi Fang and Cactus Jim are nipping at his heels. He's got one more show. I mean, you basically gone from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. You've been, I think you've been in first place the whole year. Yes. And now, and my, now you got, and my advice is to do what I did all year, not study a damn thing. So that's my best <laughs> advice. <laughs> so that, and also Anthony Joshua versus, versus Pulev, the heavyweight uh, fight that is uh, on DAZN. I'm gonna have to re up my DAZN. I canceled it because they didn't. They weren't giving me anything during during uh, these these months. God, I forgot so, about DAZN. <laughs> I know we haven't talked about it for us. I guess that's and, no. And uh, Canelo is uh, next week, I believe. So there will okay. be some activity with DAZN. Is it still twenty dollars a month? 
I think so. So I'm going to be like, I'm going to subscribe for a month and then quickly uh, unsubscribe. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe we'll get a free, like, uh, a free, like, month, you know, like when you re-sign up or something like that. would be cool, too. Yeah. And so the last thing before I turn it over to John, because John uh, wants to talk about something. But the last thing is, uh, if you are missing our WCW Saturday Night Recaps, hit me up at gg at fightgamemedia.com. I've had a couple people do that, and and we've discussed where those recaps are. We we didn't stop doing them. We, we're, we're still doing them. But everyone will know more on Monday morning. We will uh, fully uh, discuss the, uh, the project that we've been working on. So that'll be out on Monday. Look for a post on fightgamemedia.com. And now, John, I will turn it over to you. Um, on Monday, I uh, went and got a COVID test, and yesterday it was revealed that I was positive. Um, I was exposed to someone that came to work and stayed at work instead of being sent home. So um, I took a test on Friday. My first test on Friday, I actually got a negative result on Monday, but my doctor said that um, maybe it was too soon to test. So I quickly went back and got another test done, and you know I'm glad I did because I found out I was positive, and you know I've been self quarantining or self isolating, I should say, in our um, our master bedroom since Saturday night when I just when I really first felt symptoms, which was which was a a headache and a, and a fever, but luckily for me, the fever only lasted, um, a, shoot, not even a full day and a half, less than that. And, um, and I don't have too many, I have a little bit of stuffed up nose right now. It kind of just kind of happens at night, but other than that, I've been feeling really great. Um, unfortunately my kids, they all had hit with the fever bug. Um, my wife's been holding down the fort. Well, you know, all this is happening. So, um, you know, I haven't been really too active on our Facebook group and I haven't really been too active on Twitter or anything like that in a while. I've just been yesterday when I got the news after being a negative news and I got a positive news, I was pretty 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 depressed yesterday, you know. Mm-hmm. But um today was a was a great day actually. I felt really good. Um really energetic. Um luckily I don't have any issues with my breathing or anything like that. And um my last day of isolation will be on the 15th. So, um, it's been a really tough emotional week for me because, um, you know, this weekend was going to be our, our youngest daughter, Kaylee's first birthday. And we had to cancel all that. And luckily we did because I realized how stubborn that our generation is compared to our older generation is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're all this like, Oh, I'm sure you're fine. This and that. Yeah. And yeah. And so I'm, I, and as, as frustrating as it was to cancel her party, I'm so happy my parents didn't come down, her parents didn't get affected. And then, and a couple of people that we did, we had a very small, small party, but you know, weren't here cause it would be horrible if everyone else got this. And, um, so, and then, you know, it was tough and my, my, my wife had to miss, um, her grandpa's funeral today you know it was today and she can't go um i had to do facetime happy birthday to my daughter from the bedroom <laughs> which was you know so um you know it's frustrating because you know my family has done everything right and it was one person's mistake that caused this yeah this chain reaction of just 
you know so that's i want to talk about it because these i'm pretty private but like i really want to talk about it because you know be smart you know mm-hmm. take this serious um wear your mask you know social distance all that stuff i mean it, it works um once you let your guard down and and you think everyone's gonna be okay that's when something happens and it happened to our family so yeah, you know, the one thing I think that is a little bit of an understated thing when it comes to all of this is, I mean, pray to, you know, cross our fingers, you're going to be fine, right? Mm-hmm. But based on somebody else not being smart, there are so many things that you had planned that you had to miss. And that is unfortunate. And you guys will be fine. You know, Kate, your daughter, your youngest daughter, you guys will be able to, you know, do this whenever, you know, in a month or whatever, whenever you, and it'll be, it'll be fine. But it's like, you know, I see people going like, ah, if I get it, who cares? Like, I'll be fine. But it's not about you. Mm-hmm. It's about the other people around you that who may be having plans, who may get more sick than you, right? Like it's about the other people around you. And that's the thing that drives me nuts because when i hear people say i'll be you know i i hope i get it because i'll be fine i'm like okay but what about everybody else around you that's who you have to think about so you know what, what you said was, was right on the money and i'm i you know i'm frustrated as all hell um for you mm-hmm. for the situation as, as how it happened but i i, I want to circle back to you know i do this other podcast with my buddy uh brad evans called thompson to clark And he was saying how, you know, he is so frustrated when he goes out and he sees the non-maskers and stuff and, and his wife has to kind of settle him down and go, look, you know, these people are human. They're, 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 they're not meaning to be disrespectful or irresponsible. You know, people are not perfect. And I, and I told Brad, I go, look, you know, thank God for your wife because me and you want to see someone not wearing a mask and go, that's just a jackass, right? But you have, you know, but they are not, you know, everyone's human. Everyone's not perfect. Everyone's dealing with this in the best way possible. But there are circumstances. There are repercussions, you know, like you said, when we sort of take our eye off the ball. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm praying that, that you're healthy. I'm praying that the babies are healthy. You know, your wife, um, you know, like you said, she's, she's holding the fort down and thank God for wives in general and for your wife for taking care of the family, you know, when you can't. And, you know, that's just, uh, that's just the way it is. That's how strong families work. And hopefully soon, you know, this, this vaccine is coming and hopefully we'll get back to normal sooner than later. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I'm glad you were comfortable sharing your situation, and hopefully, this is just something that uh, you will remember, you know, in in ten years, and go, God, remember when that happened? What a crazy time that was. Yeah, and I want to apologize ahead of time if you know during this our review of the shows, if I'm not as energetic as I you know was in the past. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to do my best for the show and and uh, keep it entertaining as possible and informative as possible as well. So, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, at least my voice sounds a little bit sexier, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, 
the the young bucks are like, oh right, he's not going to pick on us as much this week. <laughs> no, uh, what? <laughs> uh, remember last week when uh, uh, he super kicked you? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right. So uh, before we actually start talking about uh, those shows, I'm going to quickly take uh, uh, an ad break here and and talk about. Indeed. So 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical and Indeed is here to help. I think many businesses are going to be different in uh, 2021 when it comes to how we do business because of this pandemic. I hope the one thing that businesses can take away from this is, you know, let's let's stop doing the stuff that wastes time and wastes money and is not needed. And uh, let's get uh, sharper at some of the things that we've learned during the pandemic with a lot of people working from home. Uh, so, uh, Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your businesses going. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. So right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. That's their best offer anywhere. Indeed.com slash BlueWire offer valid through December 31st. So as of this recording, you got 21 days to take advantage of this offer. Terms and conditions apply. All right, so let's start with uh, these shows here. Now, AEW did their highest rating of 2020 off of this show. I'm assuming, now we haven't seen quarters, we haven't seen you know all of the, the, the minutia of the data when it comes to the ratings. I am going to guess, because we said this last week, they had that giant, giant show last week, and we said... The rating of that giant show is important, but what's more important is the next week to see how many people are interested in Sting, how many people are interested in Hollywood Kenny Omega, and this week, a lot of people were. I don't know exactly what that means. I mean, it means that they were super interested. The thing that is interesting to me is for two weeks in a row... We've had this super fast-paced, don't blink or you'll miss it, AEW show. Like, this week was even worse than last week. There was so much stuff that they were throwing at us, I'm assuming, in hope that we didn't change the channel. And so, I think the stuff that is not important, people are almost going to forget it even happened. Mm -hmm. And some of the stuff that is important, there's possibility that there are some details that you know maybe didn't hit because of so many things happening i mean when you when you're talking about you got sting you got omega and callus and you got Shaq, and then you decided to have all these matches and all these other segments i imagine that for a lot of folks it's it was just like oh my gosh this is so much um and 
you know, what I wonder, and this is, you know, this is probably a question for Chris Harrington or Tony Khan, you know, when it comes to the structure and the strategy of putting together this show, they've had two weeks in a row of really strong ratings. And this week, I would say, is probably like, you know, they're probably just celebrating big time for this because they almost averaged a million viewers, which, I, you know, did they do it like on the first two shows last year or something like that? But but I'm wondering if the strategy is we had these two shows, we had the special show and we had the follow up to the special show, Winter's Coming. I wonder if the idea is let's see if we can raise the level of our average number of viewers. So when we do go back to a normal show, a non special show, and, and even uh, they announced for the, I believe it's, is it the next? No, no, they didn't mention next week, but something like after next week, then there's three shows in a row that they announced as like, you know, some pre holiday Christmas thing. And then the two New Year's shows. Those seem like they're going to be special shows. At least they're marketed as special shows. But I wonder when they get away from the special shows, if they're hoping that once they get back to their normal show, their normal rating is bumped up by like 25,000 average viewers. And I, I wonder if that's the hope out of doing all of this crazy TV of just, you know, stars and you know no breathing though they didn't have moxley this week but you know that's there's got there's got to be a plan what's the plan the plan is i'm i'm thinking is let let's raise the average of of our show so that you know when we don't do a crazy number it's actually higher than it was uh you know the last month or the last two months or whatever that average is like it's there's got to be something there because otherwise they're just throwing stuff to you know to and and running through so many things like every single thing a uh, segment match had an angle attached and a run in attached and well, that's everything kind of been their style though that's that's they but not like this i mean they always every time they 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 try to keep the pace up on on their show like i said i always reminds me of nitro 96 just mm-hmm. something's always happening after every yeah. match or just always a back say oh my god we gotta run to the back there's something going on or right there's a brawl at the end of the show or the brawl or at the end of each match. It seems like, um, I, I was, I mean, I think the, the, the 18 to 49, um, rating was pretty awesome. You know, with a second in the second on cable, you know, that was, mm-hmm. that's, that's great. Um, the overall, I thought, God, I'm surprised they didn't get the million, you know, especially when I started there showing Shaq out there, the follow up to the, to the angle the last week and the, um, and, the third thing they had on there as well. I'm trying to remember. Sorry. The uh, mega stuff. Yeah. You know, no, the, the mega stuff was the third, you know, the hook at the end of the show, but Shaq and Sting's first announcement. Yeah. yeah first yeah. time on the mic. So I was expecting a million. Um, the week before, I'm trying, well, so what they did, they updated, they raised their game by, I don't know, what, it was 917 right down it was 995 right so it was close to a million yeah. so yeah yeah um which kind of makes me like god man a lot of people ain't watching wrestling <laughs> really i mean technically people are watching wrestling but like not like they were before so it's uh you know the business is not as super hot as people kind of fantasize about but uh, yeah i mean it's an interesting thing to try and measure because obviously, you know, when you're talking 97, 98, 99, uh, you know, we will not, we will never see TV uh, audiences like that again. 
And if you look at, you know, so that's obviously 20, what, 22 years ago. But if you look at how TV works today, not to say that the million is actually worth three million, because I, I don't believe that. But the audience is so split on television that the million, while it's not WCW or WWE 1998, like because people will always point to the impact numbers. Oh, Impact did 1.5 million when they were on on Spike. This number that the, that AEW is doing now is way more impressive than that spike number. But it's just be, it's not it's not like it's it, we're not measuring apples to apples when it comes to those numbers. T, the TV industry in in general is just so much different. Like the only, as far as I can tell, the only uh, program that is doing comparable numbers to what they were doing in 1998 is like the nfl mm-hmm. like like it's like literally the nfl and that's it which makes those guys you know they're gonna they're gonna like break the bank in their next tv deal uh and and you know good for them because they they've still figured out how to make that product special how to make that product important how to continually draw ratings now obviously they're down from last year because we are in a different era with this pandemic and how does the pandemic change viewing habits for the future that's not something that that we necessarily know either like does this change viewing habits a hundred percent you know to the future so you know you're what you're saying is right in that it's not as hot because our friends who don't watch wrestling aren't talking about AEW. They're not talking about WWE either. No, they're not talking but, about wrestling. That's the thing. Yeah, it, it, but some of those folks, you know, like you always talk about your buddy, some of those folks are watching big-time boxing fights or big-time UFC fights. I think the problem with wrestling currently today is because you have your, your, your very hardcore following mm-hmm. and and AEW is building a, a hardcore following they definitely are doing that there's just no big stars no and so when you talk about oh yeah my buddy from from work he has no idea who any of these guys are if you ask him to name a wrestler he's gonna go oh you oh you're talking about the rock or oh no you're talking about stone cold you know he's gonna name those guys he's not gonna name anybody from the last 20 years because it's just, you know, that that's what it is now. You know, Vince, Vince uh, McMahon, I think one of his, one of his successes, obviously his big time success has been able to create wrestling and turn it into a brand, a television brand that is so consistent. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he's made so much money from people paying for content that the, the value of content, like he's, done that and some you know big dave will say oh yeah some of his luck some of it is always luck but vince stuck with that mentality right the one thing that he had to sacrifice was the possibility of the peaks and the valleys of the popularity he would rather have it as static even leaning down as possible rather than ride the peaks and the valleys because when he did ride the peaks and valleys he was more at the mercy of the talent than he wanted to be and this is this has happened to the ufc too this is why dana's taken the consistent money from espn plus rather than betting on you know, a Conor McGregor to drive that revenue or some, or making stars. He's like, no, I'm just going to take the ESPN money. We'll put out fights and, you know, we'll let the the market say what's going to be popular. You know, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. did the biggest, 
uh, pay-per-view buy rate since uh, Mayweather McGregor or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what the hell? Like, why are people buying this? But I get it. It like there's nobody in boxing today uh, that's that's currently fighting. I think maybe Manny Pacquiao comes clo- the closest to the curiosity of a Mike Tyson. And so what's going to happen? They're going to do these legends fights and then they're going to water it down and then nobody's going to care in six months. But everyone's like, oh, you know, Floyd Mayweather, Logan Paul, or I think Jake Paul. Yeah. Uh, let's do this. We're going to do this. We're going to take advantage of this Tyson thing, but then they're going to play it out. And then when Conor McGregor does it, then he's going to play it out and then it's going to be done and no one's going to be able to make money off of it anymore. So that's just the sort of the cycle of it all. Um, But, you know, you're just going back to your point. Yeah. Like, no, you know, my my dad is not going to go, oh, you know, I turned on uh, TNT and I saw, uh, you know, Kenny Omega. It's just not what wrestling is today. Yeah, my dad it used he, to be. It used to be like that, just not like that today. Yeah, if my dad did turn on TNT, he'd say, "Oh, Sting's back. How old is that guy?" <laughs> and then I would have to tell he's him, gonna be, he, "He's going to be Art Donovan all over again." I would tell him, and he'd be like, "Man, he's still doing it. How much does he weigh?" Sting? <laughs> no, I'm just saying the Art Donovan. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. What was the little guy <laughs> next to him? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, sorry for the preamble, but uh, let's talk about these likes and dislikes, and we'll, we'll pick it up with AW. Um, I will go first because I think there's going to be a lot of. <sighs> I think this is going to be a little polarizing for a lot of fans on whether or not they think Kenny Omega is natural at this character that he is portraying currently, this heel character with him and Don Callis. And for for week one, uh, you know, we, we can even go back to the thing that, that happened on Impact. I, I like the energy in week one. They the Kenny is going to get better at this character. Uh, Don is awesome in, in this role. And as a heel, um, I really like the segment. I'm, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a Kenny Omega fan. I, I, I had to come around on him. Like if you listen to shows with John and I from, you know, a couple years ago, I wasn't always a, a, a big Kenny Omega fan. Some of that has to do with being able to actually talk to him and interview him where I really understood what his mentality is on some of this stuff. But I thought that they did a, I would say a B plus job with, I think there's some good stuff coming though. What did you think about this Omega and Callus stuff? Um, it felt really recycled from impact. That's what I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, same promo, very similar segments, same promo. Um, I thought it was a little bit of a click, uh, little switch, you know, little, little swerve because they did promise something on impact would be announced on AEW and they didn't. They just basically said the same thing they did on Impact. So that was a little disappointing. I think a lot of these segments that were I was hoping the the big three segments. I think they were left a little bit a little disappointing. I think they were kind of quick and forced. Um, and but I I like Don Callis as Omega's manager. I think he's he's fantastic. Uh, 
I think he's what Omega needs because Omega's not a strong promo. I think he's a better promo when he's a babyface. See, I, 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 I find him in a very intriguing promo. I, I find him to be a very thoughtful promo, but that doesn't always mean he's this bombastic turn it up to 11 personality. He's a little bit of a different promo. So what I wonder is, is in this character, if he wants to show that he can actually do this version of a promo that you know, people were always saying that he couldn't do. So, I mean, I'm kind of interested to see how far he takes this thing. Well, that's why he has Don Callis there to do the promo for him, basically. You know, Callis is, is perfect. He's going to be the Bobby Eaton to, uh, you know, to... Uh, I guess Nick Bockwinkle. I don't want want to compare Omega to Nick Bockwinkle, but you know what I'm saying. He's going to do. If Nick Bockwinkle was able to do Terminator dives, you mean? Oh, God. No, he didn't need to because he can can draw motion with a punch. Wrestling is so different today. Like, I was trying to think about this because, you know, we're watching uh, WCW 92 again. GG at fightgamemedia.com if you want to find those reviews. And the wrestling is so different. But I wonder if some, I mean, I, I, I don't even wonder. I know that a lot of that has to do with society, right? Like, you know, if you think about what you and I were doing in 1992, what we were able to watch, how many channels we had, how many screens we had, being able to log into WWE Network from my iPad while I'm on my elliptical and I have my AirPods in. Like the world is so different that, you know, baseball, right? Baseball has changed. Basketball has changed with the three pointer and, and with stuff. Football, people may say, oh, football's the same. No, football is, you know, high school passing league is what football is today. So all of these things have changed. And, you know, wrestling has had to change too. Now, you know, does it do, do, do some of these the things that they do? Uh, do they always have to be so, you know, indie lucha inspired? No, they don't. Which is why Moxley works because you know his character is a little bit of a throwback. But you know, I, I do think that when it comes to this stuff, you know, we, we give these guys a little bit of cruft because the style is different from what necessarily that you know you and I enjoy the most. But I think a lot of that has to do with society too. Like there's like everything is progressing and evolving and maybe not necessarily the way that we want it to go. But like, I, I feel like AEW is cha- trying to change with the times rather than do like this product that, that they wouldn't be able to like promote necessarily as this new hot thing to the 18 to 49s. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. To me, I was just thinking about that too today. I was thinking like, uh, uh, just pro wrestling is not pro wrestling anymore. It's just solely it's something else now. It's just, uh, I guess it is a sports entertainment. I guess that's what we should call it because it's definitely not the wrestling that we grew up with. And yeah, you know. And uh, I just, but like think back to um, when we used to watch like uh, like the Lakers and the Celtics, right? No three-pointers. Everything goes into, oh, we're going to throw the ball to Kareem. He's going to do something. He's going to throw a skyhook. We're going to throw the ball into McHale or Parrish. Like, that was basketball. And now today when you watch basketball, it's like, nope. Everything is set up around the three-pointer. And it's just a different strategy. Some of that has to do with analytics. Some of that has to do with, you know, some of the stars taking it there. But, like, all of these things are different than they were when we were kids. And I think because we watch wrestling you know, 
as close or closer than anything else that we watch, you know, we probably hold that to a little bit more of uh, uh, to our heartstrings of like, oh, you know, I wish it was like that. Look, I'm, I'm watching Sting in 1992 and I'm like, where is the Sting of 1992 today? Now, that Sting of 1992 did not draw as as well as as maybe we would have thought him, thought by by what he looked like as a star and so some of that is okay maybe that didn't work as well maybe wrestling in 92 was just so unpopular as well but it's just like you think of all the generations and the ups and the downs and the business and it's just kind of like yeah it's it's a different business and do you adapt as a viewer or do you just go like I just don't like this. Like, it's not my style. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know the thing. Like I, I try to be as open-minded as possible, but there are things that I watch on AEW where I'm like, Oh, that is my instinct is to not like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause a lot of their matches are, you know, really bad. I mean, let's be, let's be honest. Uh, but, uh, to me, like, it's just uh, there's just a complete difference from the style before not even 92. I'm just talking about, I mean, I was watching stuff from 87 the other day and it was just a basic, simple, television match and it was so good and it felt like it was a great match but it's not a great match it was just an average match back in then you know compared to the quality of work back then but today it's like oh man this was so really well done and so detailed and nowadays guys don't care you know they just they're just doing a bunch of stuff it doesn't mean anything it, it nothing remembered right like i don't that match with the young bucks and th2 like that match is going to be forgotten like within the second by for the second hour right that's how because we you know we've seen a million things and not the many thing it's just a, it was just a match so um yeah i it's just a different time and i you know for me as a as a wrestling fan you know i just either got to keep watching this stuff or eventually one day i might just stop watching it you know depends how how it goes all right so what was uh one of your likes um i liked hearing sting you know seeing sting mm-hmm. out there talk uh just uh you know luckily for him with the face paint you know he doesn't look 61 no um he doesn't sound 61 right he, he's always kept himself in great shape and and he sounded like sting of the old so that was really cool he didn't really give much say much um just kind of it was kind of like a, a bait and switch a little ways like yeah he's gonna make an announcement he comes out and he just kind of leaves it open and again so i guess he's gonna be the guy that does that so i i'd I'm guessing he's going to have a match or two, which is pretty scary considering his neck issues. But, you know, I'm sure it'll be safe matches, hopefully. And I would prefer him be tag matches. Okay, but you say safe matches and then he points at Darby Allen. <laughs> I know. How is that possible? I think like the the idea of him like making Darby the sec another sting is just so comical when the kid's like, you know, 125 pounds to me. It just it's just hard for me to bite, you know, but you know, I, I understand what they're doing and they gotta do something like that. You they gotta is, give the rub to someone. Is it possible that he decides to take Darby under his wing rather than he's going to feud because Darby's a baby. No, 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 yeah, no, I could tell. No, he could be a mentor and he'd be like, Hey, Darby, don't jump off that skateboard ramp. You have a title <laughs> match next week, bro. You know, Darby, he can go to Darby's house and it's like a, you know, it's like this trailer park and like with all these skate rings around. And he's like, Darby, let, let's, why don't you come to my house in Venice Beach, my mansion? Yeah. And let me show you how I made the money with this, right? That's what, that's what, that'll be funny segments. But um, I don't know what they're going to do with, with – uh, I mean, there could be a match between those two. 
And uh, yeah, I think Darby's could be smart enough to work a safe match with Sting. You know, I hope he doesn't. Hit, you know, but I, I don't know. I'm a little worried about Sting. That's 61 though. I mean, 61 with a bad neck is is scary, scary stuff. Yeah, that was also on my list um, of of and, and look the the thing that I liked about it was. And I, I'm actually going to be uh, a little bit hypocritical because I'm talking about how, you know, wrestling has changed. But when Sting walks out and he gets in the ring, he projects as an absolute superstar. AEW mm-hmm. needs that. They, they they just need it, right? Because they have guys who their hardcore fan base really likes. For their fan base, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes are great for that, you know, whatever their whatever their uh their consistent audiences. Those guys are awesome. But when it comes to real superstars, real guys who have uh who have become celebrities because of wrestling. Now I'm not saying Sting is necessarily a celebrity. He Sting is not a Hogan. He's not an Austin. He's not a Rock. But he is, you know, under there. You know, he's beneath Flair. But still in that time frame in nineteen ninety seven when he's doing that gigantic buy rate with Hogan for Starcade, he had reached a celebrity in wrestling. And him just being on, you know, in that ring, he didn't miss a beat. He, he didn't. He didn't really say anything. He, there, there was no uh, real promo to be had. But he didn't need it. He just stood there, and it was just Sting, mm-hmm. and it worked. And you were like, "Oh, that was fun." You know, it, that was the one segment maybe where I didn't feel like um, my brain was fried after watching it because they just let him be Sting, and he, he was like, "Oh, he just pointed at Darby." It was kind of a, a fun thing, but uh, they just let him be Sting, and he he's a he's a real wrestling superstar so i think him just doing that uh hopefully he taught a few people you know just how to do that thing when he did that Hmm. well you gotta have it first to do it right so we'll see or or, i mean you gotta have it or maybe you do have it and or you do have some of it and you just don't you just don't get it because you know you've been really trying to to market towards this hardcore audience and you look at sting and he didn't do anything to cater to that audience. He just was him and the audience ate it up. So I don't know. I mean, maybe you're right, but yeah. well, it just like, like he didn't do it. You know, he didn't do a dive over the top rope to get people to pop for no, him. He's just like, no. Oh, Tony, give me a hug. <laughs> he just went on from there. AEW yeah. fans are like, boo, WWE you got, you got Goldberg. Why are you booking those old guys? Hey, sting. We love you. <laughs> well, it, you know, it's so, it's so smart. Now Goldberg is, is great. People who don't think Goldberg is great. You know, they're, they're really missing the point. But for that audience, for that TNT audience, Sting is the perfect guy. Like, uh, may, maybe um, he's even actually, to me, he's even more perfect than Flair because Flair was more the TBS guy, right? Sting or even Hogan to an extent, those guys were, were the, the TNT guys. Maybe Goldberg as well. You know, those are probably the, the top three. Holland Nash right there. But. He's perfect. He's exactly perfect for 
what they're trying to do, which is create a little bit of nostalgia. And by using that nostalgia, let's focus on the guys of today. I thought it was a, I thought it was a strong stand-up double, but because he is Sting, it just to me as a, as a fan of of him and. It just, it just meant a, probably a little bit more to me and you mm-hmm. than than those eighteen to forty nines. But they know who he is as well at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see what he does. I, like I said, I want to see more. Uh, see how they can keep it interesting with him out there. All right. So my next one, and and this is this is probably going to make you laugh, but I liked the difference in both of the tag matches. So Young Bucks and uh, Hybrid Two. Um, I, I there were I, I thought they probably should have wrapped that thing up like two or three minutes earlier, <laughs> maybe even four minutes earlier. But the thing that I liked about that match is it was clear that the Young Bucks they don't want to destroy anybody. Like they know that in their role that because of their stardom with this fan base that if they let guys hang with them, those guys are better. Uh, once they leave the ring just by hanging with them. But at the same time, because I'm not really a fan of like Jack Evans and Angelico, it was almost like those guys really tried to... Um, they they knew they knew this was a showcase match for them, and I thought that they really tried to bring out their best stuff. the The thing that I liked about it mostly was that it was the opener, so I don't really mind them doing a lot of that crazy stuff because you know you you're the one who taught me most is you know the opener is the second most important match on a show, and they need to keep the eyeballs. You know when you when you start AEW, you're like okay, how do we keep you know we got this open, people are excited now. How do we keep these eyeballs? And they had a longer match than I would have necessarily preferred, but I still thought it was good enough to where I don't think people were changing the channel much. And then you fast forward to FTR and Varsity Blondes, which was doing the same thing in a much different way. FTR was giving them a little something and then taking it away, giving them a little something and taking away. Oh, Griff Garrison, you know, he gets the hot tag. We'll shine him up a little bit, but then we're going to beat them. And so I thought it was sort of doing the same thing or attempting to do the same thing with these young tag teams, but doing it way differently. To me, the FTR version is more appetizing, but I also understand the Young Bucks thing. And I will say this, you know, we've been talking about Brian Pillman Jr. for a few years here. Uh, I don't know. I think Griff Griff Garrison might be the one that we remember out of this tag team more if they continue to tag together. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't have the like, uh, the FDR Farsi Blondes match on my likes or dislikes. It was a good, it was a good match. I thought, um, you know, there's a FTR match, not like where it was uh, a main event match, but they worked it like a, a television, you know, mid card match. Um, I thought Griff Garrison felt a little bit like he was acting like a baby face. Um, he needs to um, work on his reactions, especially when he's outside the ring, when his guy's selling. Uh, when uh, I always hate when someone gets chopped and their guy sells a chop that's in the corner. Like, oh my God, <laughs> he got hit in the chest of the chop. No. It's, it's, and then his comeback was very like, this is how a baby face comeback should be, right? I got to be rah-rah. So, and it's always hard because that's always hard to be a baby face and yeah. make that comeback. So, And he's young, so I'm not really... Yeah. 
but he you know, he's good size, uh, good length. Um, he looks like uh, he has some good tools. So yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to him. Pillman Junior has improved since last time I seen him, but you know he still has a lot a lot of ways to go. Yeah, the varsity blonde. I'm just waiting for the. Um, uh, fabulous foundation to show up and the uh, <laughs> uh, uh whatever uh what yeah called fantasy booking from back when put, the kid. put together every tag team that yeah you yeah thought it was of like, in the 80s and just was, mix up the names it's like when apw before i was booking apw the previous generation book movie titles as tag teams rush mm. hour because they had a black mm. guy and asian guy there rush hour um what else we have immortal fears like some kind of uh <laughs> okay but did you think that that var- the varsity club would be a team that tony khan pulled out of his rear end i don't know you know he's a big fanboy, so i i i would think so you know and maybe you know he just kind of threw it together or maybe it's a cody maybe it's a cody thing who knows you know um, um the young bucks th2 match like you explained it it went way too long um it's just it's so like it's hard to get into a spot when like watching it when there's there's just so much cooperation. Like mm-hmm. there's one point where Jack Evans like just kind of jump in the ring early on, did like this cartwheel backflip thing, and then he put his arms out like in a T to get double hip tossed. Like he got in position for them to fucking hip toss. <laughs> God, they suck. And it was just like, and then here's the funny part too. Like, remember the match? There was that spike power driver um, to the floor. Mm-hmm. The, the buck did that mm-hmm. on, on Evans, mm-hmm. right? And that wasn't the finish, of course, right? They hit this spike power driver on the floor, and no one comes out to check on Jack Evans. No officials. It just the match continues, but later on that night and during the six man tag, Penta takes a simple suplex. Now this is how, this is how sad wrestling is today. A simple suplex to a table, and he's being carted out by officials. Oh my god, what a devastating move! Like this guy. What about the kid that got fucking Spike Pile Driver? You know, earlier than I, I thought. Show. The one that was more brutal was the. Uh Doomsday device out there on the ramp. I was like, oh my god! And then they do all these big moves and like what. They did that stupid knee at the end. Is like, dude, you're you're you have bigger moves that should be finished. You have twenty other moves that should be finishers than your finisher. It's just, uh, just you know, this is that you know the newer generation. that video game wrestling stuff that you know. Hey, I mean, they, that's why they're getting the younger kids. That's what they're gonna like. But will the younger kids stick around? I don't know. We'll see. They move on. I mean, that's it. That's a really good question because it. Let's say AEW is making new fans as AEW grows like as they mature are, are you know do they are is it the same style or is there a new style you know what's funny where can we go from here though that's the thing well, well what's what's funny is i remember you know we're talking 20 years ago uh Brian Alvarez was really getting into lucha stuff and he was really uh thinking yeah you know lucha's so fun and and and, and if you just tell a, a casual person like oh just watch this match they'll, they'll generally really like it more than you know a slower kind of you know wwe style match and so you know they've been on the dave and brian have been on this thing for like the last 20 years going like you know what like if lucha just made it into the u.s i think they actually have a chance at you know really getting this u.s audience and, and they just never were able to right like triple a how, how long has triple a been trying to get in the united states and then there was the lucha underground which we never got to see because it wasn't on tv and then russell you know, side x and then there uh, well, yeah and then there were super clipped matches like they weren't even like the full matches so i you know we, we've been hearing about this for the longest time and finally 
what AEW is, is really a mix of the indie style and a more Lucha style with the stuff that you hate, because you've been telling me that Lucha sucked for ever since I've known you. I mean, I don't hate Lucha. I, I, I respect it for sure. And it's, and I can watch it and be entertained by it, but like, you just don't take it seriously. Just don't take it seriously. Like, for example, if I watched that with a Lucha match, with my dad, my dad would think, you know, pretty cool. Like they would probably be very, he'd probably be very entertained by all the dives and he, cause he used to like Brian Pillman when, you know, mm-hmm. and all the high flying and stuff. But it wouldn't have an effect on him as he, when he watched Walter and Elia with me. On. Oh, did he watch that with you? Yeah, my birthday. We I, I threw it on, and I'm all. And my dad was like really into it. He's like, "Oh my god, they're just beating the hell out of each other," and this and that. Like, and he, he's like, he was, he was into it like it was an old school match, like you know, because it, it was old school, it was a throwback, and it was. Um, he just loved it. He thought they were fantastic. He's like, I thought That's wrestling. Cool. He's like, I thought wrestling got stupid, you know. And then I was like, Well, it is stupid, Dad. You're just actually it's watching because he walked in on Paul Bearer all those. I was like, He's, I'm all, but I'm all, it was, it is stupid now, Dad. But this is most of it's, you know, there's some really good stuff, and you're you're lucky you're watching two really good guys. So he he really he really liked Walter, you know. Walter okay, so here's here's a, here's a real question for you. Okay, th- th- this is because I still haven't watched that match, and I, I need to watch it probably when uh, when when I'm off for a couple weeks for uh, for for Christmas. I'm going to go back and watch the matches. But okay, everyone who I've talked to has that match. Who 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 enjoys that style and who watched that match probably has it in their top five for 2020. Mm-hmm. Why has WWE not like? Like that UK brand is still like it doesn't even do great numbers on WWE Network. Some of that is the marketing and the promoting of that brand. Like they they don't do a ton of it. You don't see commercials for it on Raw. You don't see commercials for it on NXT. You don't now. I mean, obviously, we can't have the crossover. So unfortunately, that is something that they could have done to really promote that brand. But I feel like WWE should be just showing everybody this match going like look this is the best match of the year not Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus the Young Bucks like this is what you this is what you want to see but they just sort of let it happen and you know sort of word of mouth it spread a little bit but i but like it's almost like they because it didn't happen on raw or smackdown they haven't really promoted it that well i feel because if that if that was on my television oh my god i'm putting that thing you know everybody who you know who hasn't seen this match go to wwe i would put i would promote that thing on on raw like i just wonder you know because we're talking about you're talking about how great of a match it was and even your dad liked it like why don't they promote the hell out of that thing so that more people see it I don't know. They have, they just, they barely promote 205 live, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. So it's just one of those weird things. Um, uh, with NXT UK, it's a good show. And yeah, I, you would think they would have commercials or something. And it just, this is on our network. Check this out. But they yeah, don't. I still, they, I still need to watch it. I'm a bad wrestling fan for not watching it, but we've been so busy, you know, these, this, these last month and a half just getting stuff done. So, but I, I am going to make the, uh, I'm going to make the time to watch it. Yeah. You know, yeah. pretty you soon. You should. All right, what else is on your likes list? Um, you know, the Darby Allen had a video I actually liked. I liked what they like what he did here with the uh, looking at the cards and what do you see? I thought he did a good job setting up his you know title match with Brian Cage and the little. Who's that last card though? Sting, right? 
Okay, that's what I that's what I thought. Well, yeah, I, we, I didn't know for sure. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's, it was staying, and he had a little smirk. I thought that was cool. You know, I liked it. I, it's usually I, I just don't really I kind of zone out during Darby's videos because he's probably gonna do something. Me stupid. too, man. Me too. Whenever I see the stunts, I'm just I fast I start fast forwarding. If I see him like do some crazy stunt, I'm like, okay, I'm out. I don't want to see any of this. I can't wait to the day where he goes. Here's my newest video, Tony for for Dynamite. Oh, by the way, I broke my leg. Oh, I know. <laughs> that's what's gonna I happen. Know. I know. All of a sudden, he's off TV for three weeks yeah. because, oh, yeah, I filmed this video and I rolled around. I mean, my buddies were jumping off cars. <laughs> all right. Is there anything else? Because I went through all my likes. Um, I liked the match of Abaddon versus Tesha Price. So that was a nice squash match. Um, Abaddon needs to stop throwing those punches in the corner. I'm talking about the ones that the, the, the midsection early on. Mm-hmm. Those look really bad, but her over-the-top forearms in the corner look better. Um, the post-match angle was was okay uh, with Sheeta coming out, caning her. She kind of gets up. I mean, that would mean more if Sheeta wasn't scared the first couple times around. So, um, but, uh, but other than like a nice, quick get-over match, I, I thought it was fine. What do you do with an Abaddon though once she's done with this program I mean she may win the title maybe maybe she becomes like their female undertaker or something and maybe she you know she does actually become a star out of this but I wonder if she doesn't if she's just one of the roadblocks for Sheeta until Sheeta gets to whoever the next person is like the way that they do her character I don't know. I don't know what the longevity is for something like that. Yeah, those like mystical characters, those uh, you know other hourly being kind of characters, I guess, are you know hard to book unless I think the one that figured it out was obviously was WWE, right, with Undertaker and stuff. But you know, he was a heel for such a long time. And- he was and slowly. They're, try, they're trying with Bray Wyatt. I don't know how good it's working. I know he. I know he gets a reaction, but I know also that you know a lot of people uh, kind of mm-hmm. are conflicted with him as a. Character. Well, they 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 kind of dropped the ball on that. You know, you know when they had the chance to really make him to a special character. Um, but Abaddon, I mean, you know, she's already going for the title, so she has to win it. She needs to win it to kind of keep interesting. If not, yeah, they've already. That was done. my thought. Yeah, though for sure. I mean, she does need to keep win it to keep interesting. It's going to be I mean, harder to book her after that. Like, what's she going to do? Keep scaring people? And you know, she has a very limited gimmick uh, on national television. Now, it's not like it's not. It's not like it's uh, you know back in the day where you can throw her around territory, territory. She can show up there. You know, and this yeah. is different. Now she's on, and then and you're with the uh, with the booker who's an experience. Wouldn't, wouldn't know how to to do this character you know i think they they messed up just off the bat with her because who is she what is she why is she a living dead girl but then um, she got hurt too at the same time yeah but still that was stupid too they put her on tv before all this they if i had her i'd be like okay we need to do vignettes on her if we're gonna debut mm-hmm. this chick and and um that's what i would do for at least four to six weeks of just kind of like introduce her what is she who is she uh get some kind of a background you know of her and you know keep the mystery there but kind of tell who she is and her motivation and um you know if it was me if i was wrestling her she can't crawl and i just attack her by the time she crawls i could probably beat her you know <laughs> so, so uh it's just i don't know it's an interesting character we'll see how it goes i think um i think she's uh you know a decent worker hopefully she can 
you know keep it together with uh, at least she works her gimmick though fuck you know like a lot of people have these gimmicks they don't even do they just wrestle like everyone else so at least she was working please, please tell me she's not on twitter she is she doesn't have she oh she has a twitter i know she's stupid yeah i mean I, do, wait has she shown like what she looks like no 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 okay okay, I, okay. well I've at least her, she's yeah. doing it that way yeah she's, yeah i mean she doesn't have a, she doesn't have an only fan thank god right <laughs> Imagine the Abaddon OnlyFans. Some people might be into I, that. I bet though. you people would. I bet you people would subscribe oh, to that. Oh, a lot of people. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of those freaks would be into it. And you know what? I would say more power to her if 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 they did too. And I thought Tessa Price did a good job in her roles, just getting beat. Though she did have a little bit of the overly theatrical, like scared face. But you know, it's it's hard to do. So so basically, my my only thought there was because Sheeta was scared. I think she's got to lose, and then the and then the story is is that you know eventually she overcomes that fear and beats Abaddon. But I I do I do think Abaddon needs to win the title. Yeah, yeah, that'd be I mean that'd be different. I think she just kind of you know kind of played out right now. It's kind of boring. You know, she's kind of went through everyone, so we'll see. All right, so before we get to our dislikes, we got to talk about Bet Online, of course. I'm so sad. So. This doesn't. I mean, this, this relates to Bet Online because it's, it's fantasy football, and we're going to talk about football in a second. But I'm in four leagues. Okay, one league I've been in since I was in high school. I created the league, at, you know, since I was a senior in high school. So that league goes back to 1994. So we're talking about you know 26 years of fantasy football, and that's my home league. I tied for the last playoff spot missed the tiebreaker i'm out of it i won i won the league last year came back didn't even make the playoffs so second league that i'm in is one that i've been in college for uh so when i graduated college so we're talking about 99 2000 i've been in that league for for now 20 years i snuck in by the by the the hair of my chin and i mean i'm in the league i mean i'm in the playoffs that is the worst team that i have out of these four by the way the other two leagues, I'm in the Observer League with uh, Promise Thomas and Paul Fontaine and Ryan Frederick and Josh Nason, and I tied for first place in my division, but because there was a three-way tie, I lost out on that tiebreaker, and I missed the playoffs. And then uh, Jeremy, our, our buddy Jeremy, uh, he created a league for our Facebook group, the, the Fight Game, and... I was, uh, I think I lost my last four games in that league, tied for the last playoff spot again, and missed because of the tiebreaker. So, not not a very uh, successful year of fantasy football for me. But you know, bet online is is a way that if I'm like, you know what, my fantasy football team sucked, and I'm I'm done. And we're only in week 14 of the NFL. You know, I'm going to bet online. I'm, I'm going to still play. I'm going to still make some bets. I'm going to still do something because, unfortunately, my fantasy football season was uh, was a wash out. So, uh, so bet online is a long way of saying bet online is there for me and for everybody who may have not had the greatest fantasy football seasons. Um, Head to Bet Online today. Take advantage of all their great sign-up bonuses, and don't forget to use promo code uh, the promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. BlueWire, all in one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And uh, yeah, I, I was a little sad after Monday night watching our our Niners just get beat all to hell by the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I turned that off. 
<laughs> just too depressing. And I was already not feeling good. So it's just, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You didn't need to feel any worse. Yeah. All right. So let's get to NXT and I'll let you start here. Wait, with we your didn't go to dislikes. Oh, I'm sorry. You okay. know what? You're you're absolutely right. Let's talk about. Oh, hey, hey, dislike. hey, hey, hey! You can uh, your your list is going to be longer than mine. It's so not I that long, start. actually. It's not that okay. long. Okay, surprise. Go ahead. So, um, I thought that I had Shaq segment on my dislike. I thought it was. I did too. A whole lot of blah. Um, I felt it was the. I, I, I you know Shaq. I'm sure he's down, but he's just there. You know what I mean? Like he's just like sitting off lines. You know, uh, Jade's going to you know about two point from her. Point from her from what working out ab work maybe that's yeah. the only thing. But Lifting. it's just in the yeah. gym. Yeah, but other than that, and then Brandy's being Brandy, so it was just like I said, all like a another segment promoted and like oh man, it's gonna be a big thing, and it just was a not a whole lot of nothing. Okay, so this wasn't. I, okay, I, I would say this was more disappointing than bad. When you announce Shaq, you know Shaq is one of the most entertaining dudes. On television, if you watch him on the NBA show on TNT, he is entertaining just by looking at the camera. Like that's how entertaining he is, right? And so they they did not have any of that in this segment. Um, I thought, you know, I, I've interviewed I, I, or been a part of an interview with Brandy and Cody a couple different times. And I've actually talked to her about some kind of important stuff in in person. And when I came away from all of those three situations, my my thought was, this woman has natural charisma, is a star, and she is so charming that she is kind of like, you know, she's someone that you could like watch a football game with and have a beer like that's how charming she is and then when you watch her on tv it's so forced like i don't know why she can't she has a problem showing her natural self in some of these skits because i just saw i just it was so forced like i'm, I'm like i'm screaming at the tv just like i've met you in person i know what you're like in real life like just be that person but for whatever reason she hasn't been able to channel that very well and this segment same thing yeah yeah i thought this is just like i said like i thought it was a it was so rushed it was it meant nothing i didn't it get me interested to see cody versus shack or shack do anything else you know um he has more energies in papa john's pizzas commercials than than this segment <laughs> um yeah so it was i guess another another to me another like i said it was disappointing so most of my dislikes were not actually dislikes on AEW. They were just like, eh, it was like here or there, you know, like the, the six man. Oh um, my God. That was so bad. I was just like, yeah, it was, it was what it was. You know, I could find things that I liked about it. I could find things that I disliked about it, but I think my overall arching theme when it came to dislikes was the overall number of run-ins and so many people ringside Mm. Every match had to have something happen where we just couldn't have a clean match. And that is their style. You know, they try to get as many people on TV as possible. It's like a WrestleMania payoff. They get so many people on TV. That is their style. And and I get it. But at the same time, there was... It was even more uh, magnified on this show to me. I just felt like, oh my gosh, like why are there... 
10 people at ringside in the main event. Like, did there need to be that? Like, I get it. Like, I understand, but it didn't make the match any better. Why does Aaron Solo at ringside grab Dark Order number 10's arm? Which causes him to get thrown off and lose to Dustin Rhodes. Like, he just wants to get on TV. Oh, my God. That was so... I mean, I'm sure he'll do something. I'm sure it'll lead to something, I guess. But I was like, I look stupid. And Dark Order number 10, it sounds like it should come with fries and a coat, too, doesn't it? Like, just... (laughs) Anyways, uh, all my my dislikes was the, the Inner Circle segment. Another waste of freaking time, I thought. Like... Just, it was it was a are you talking about the one with um with Paige or are you talking about the one with Dustin? No, the, no, the inner circle segment. I'm talking about oh inner inner circle. Yeah, though they, now they you know, come together and all this stuff and just a waste of time. And now they're, now they're back together. Yay! You know? you know what I liked about that was uh was it was it Ortiz was the one who cut like the really good promo in there? He's the that voice was, of like, reason. Surprising. He I was like, "Oh my god!" Because it's fun. That, that was awesome. Because it's you know he's the crazy man of the group, but then he has, yeah. he's also the voice of reason in the group, right? That's the that's the thing, and then the, and the, which was good, and then uh, him and uh, which you know Sammy and MJF stuff was was good, but then like they had to go over silly with, I'm not staring at me, he's staring at me, you know, he's staring at me, and then they say they always got to go that extra mile of, of like really bad comedy. You know why? Because they didn't want us to forget that those two dudes are in there. Yeah, I guess so. And so okay, so so the reason why it was just in my eh in the middle is because i i really like sammy in that in that like i'm i mean obviously i'm hook line and sinker for the sammy guevara babyface turn so i'm invested in that part but i think he's been hitting it out of the park with this stuff yeah yeah and other than that i had the six-man tag you know i just thought it was just uh overall wasn't that good of a match um the funniest part of that match was when eddie kingston is uh, he draws Lance Archer in so they can double team on uh, Phoenix. And Archer comes in and does the shittiest job of how to distract a ref or to draw, draw the ref's attention so he, you know, the guys can double team his partner. He just goes and stands there. And the ref, she's trying her best, like, hey, give me something so I can play off with you. Because, right. and, then, and then the camera shows Kingston like, hey, get in there, guys, with uh, Butcher and Blade. And they're like jumping in because the referee, they don't want to get in because they'll get caught. Yeah. It was yeah, so yeah. bad. It you know, was like, you know that why, was like though? first wrestling school amateur hour stuff. It was You so know why? It's because Red Shoes and, and Archer's just, he just wants to abuse the referees like they abuse Red Shoes. That's what he's used to, New Japan. Oh God! It was just so. It was. It was so bad. It was just. Uh, it was just. It's just like all my wrestling friends always. I love my wrestling friends. That I mean, I want the wrestlers, right? They all crack me up because that they, they always like. What points? I mean, <laughs> they're the ones that contact me about stuff the most about AEW. It's just so funny, you know. It just cracks me up, and because it's all the small stuff. But it, it's it's it's. Oh yeah, not sure. But this stuff, I mean, I, right away, I was just like, oh my God, this is so bad. But, okay, so what did you think about? The, we had a whole match. With Dustin Rhodes and one of the Dark Order guys. Number 10. And the only reason we had that match is so that they could say that he could be number seven, which is a oh, play on God. an old WCW intro. <laughs> that was the only reason for Can the you match. just see the dork session in the back? Like, it's just like, it would be funny. And it's like, oh, God. This is like, this is driving me. This is, this is like the booking of APW before I started booking. It was like, you know what would be funny? If we had the black guy and the Asian guy, we call him Rush Hour. Well, look, look like, this, is, this like, is what I was stupid. talking about where... In some instances, right, like when you do this kind of show where it's just 
hot, hot, hot segment, segment, segment. Don't breathe. Don't breathe. Don't blink. I hope stupid stuff like this. People just don't think like their brain just can't keep up with everything. So it's like, did the Dustin thing like we're not even going to try. We're not even going to remember. Like it was no, so no, dumb. Like, no, and, 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 you know, Dustin, you know, Dustin is such a I, I root for him so much because, you know, I, I watched him and, you know, in 92 and I was always a Dustin fan. So you root for him as a 50 year old dude now, which is kind of crazy to think mm-hmm. about. But uh, yeah, like, you know, he's got to deal with some goofy stuff because he did make some bad decisions in his career and he's he's got to pay for them but yeah they didn't it was just like it was, i was watching it going like okay why is this not on dark and it's like okay it's not on dark because they wanted to tell a joke and that was it yep. that was the whole reason all books for a joke yeah i'm sure that's going to be dustin's thing though i guess right he's the next you know recruited to dark order which is just such a just a boring boring group you know and then um right, well, i guess we're getting more because that's no that's it that's all i have okay so we can move on to NXT. Mm-hmm. I will let you start with the likes this time. There were two things that I really loved on this show. Now you go ahead. You start. You start. Okay. So I thought the triple threat tag was the best match on either show. Mm-hmm. Um, there is already a, a really good chemistry with the Grizzled Young Vets and Imperium. I, I'm not exactly sure how Everrise really fits now. They're sort of the fan, Fandango team, you know, to me in this match. But uh, I really liked this match. I thought it was really smart. I thought the finish was smart. Um, I just enjoyed the whole thing. Like, I, I was really excited to see... Uh, the Grizzled Young Vets win this match because, you know, there's, they just sort of got reintroduced to us all over again after we saw them earlier in the year. But I thought that that, that was just my favorite match of the whole night. Yeah, it was good. It was all my likes, too. Um, all three are really good team. Everybody's a good team, man. They're 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 like the, you know, the, the conquistadors. You know, that's their role. They're the mid-card heel team that has good quality matches. And um, they're a little more entertaining than the conquistadors, right? They have a little more personality. And they're, they're good workers. And they played their role very well. Like they, took, they took advantage of when opportunities that were presented to them. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's just solid guys. They're, they're, they're guys you need on the roster. They're guys are they're important for a card. You know, they're, they're, they're the, uh, the carpenters, man. Yeah, they're okay, but you know, sort of similar to what you said about some of the acts on AEW. I kind of just want to know more about them. Maybe I missed some no, yeah, of that you're stuff. Right. You're right. They did. They're also a team that kind of just showed up one day, and yeah, yeah. No, they would love to have some vignettes and and everything, and you know, talk about their love for Montreal and all that kind of stuff. Would be mm-hmm. great, you know. That, that mm-hmm. yeah, but they're good. They're good, good quality guys. All right, what else, what's uh, what's on your list? Um, I like the surprise return of Killer Cross to attack Damian Priest. I thought that was really well done. I just wish, and I'll talk about this in many other segments. Um, another segment on this show. Um, where's the where's the officials? Where's the chaos? Where's the people trying to stop him? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, like he could still powerbomb him through that partition, if you know, or whatever it was, the table or the the set. With the officials, like he, you know, someone tried, some security tries to grab him, he throws his official off, you know, just like have it more, a little more crazy. And then, and I think some of that, when they, when no one comes out to help people, it just, just, just comes off so damn phony to me. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, so my other one was. Now, I will say, uh, Raquel Gonzalez and Ember Moon, I thought the match was fine. I didn't love the match. But I knew 
we were getting the face off at some point. I didn't know if it was going to be on this match, but what I've been based off of the war games show, what they're clearly building to is Raquel and Rhea at some point for the title. I don't know when it's going to happen, but that's what it feels like they're, they're getting to. And so when Raquel beats Ember Moon, I yeah, I, I don't know if I would have put her with Ember Moon necessarily because you you want to keep Ember Moon strong. I would have liked to see a more a little more convincing win from uh, Raquel. But when she and Rhea went nose to nose, I was like, okay, let's go. Like this is exactly what I want to see. Then Raquel kind of backed out a little bit. I wish they would have just kept the show and went off air with them nose to nose jawing at each other. Like I didn't need to see Raquel kind of back away and and leave. But um, but yeah, I was I was really pumped for that when I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I I mean I think Raquel might be the one that beats Io for the title and sets up. I hope. I yeah. mean that 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 seems like it seems like you know when you, when you talk about strike while the iron's hot. That that seems to be mm-hmm. the match, you know, at, at what whatever the next takeover, or maybe it's at this New Year's Evil show. You know, Raquel wins. Let's set up her and Rhea for like that big match, and let that's the main event, right? Let's let's make that the main event of whatever show it's going to be. Let's put all of our energy behind that match. That's to me. That feels like the one of the bigger matches they could put on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I w- I would probably do Raquel and Io at New Year's Evil, personally, and then have the title change there. Um, but you know, Raquel, she's been doing a really great job. She's been really stepping up her game and has proved greatly. I thought this match was overall pretty good. I, I liked it. Um, there's some spots that just drove me insane. Like, why would Ember decide to go up the lighting part? A fixture just to yeah, jump I, off I, it. I, I mean, just going on there. <laughs> she looks stupid, but you know, it was it was a cool visual, you know, of you know Raquel catching her. But they could have done the same thing with her jumping off the apron, you know. And I also didn't like that um, Raquel was able to spear her or lawn dart her into the ring post and only get a two count out. I thought that was mm-hmm. a little too much. But um, other than that, I thought the match was good. And I, you know, and Raquel, I mean, if you're building up Raquel for a title shot, like EO, you know, she needs a credible win as yeah, well. Yeah. And I know she did beat EO in the War Games match, but, you know, that was also multiple punishment on EO to lead to that, right? So this gives her a solid win over a former NXT champion and, uh, you know, to build more steam up for Raquel. All right, what else was on your likes? Um, I like the Ciampa-Cameron Grimes match. thought the match was really good. Um, I hated seeing Grimes lose again, and I hated to see his treatment after the match, but as a match, I thought it was really good. I'm a little worried for Cameron Grimes because he is so good at the role that he's in, it almost makes it easier to beat him because he's so good. I know they might get in that. They might feel like they could beat him anytime because he's so entertaining, but um, I don't know. I, I like I said, I, I want to see them get behind him more and because um, he is a freaking quality talent. Yeah, no, I love him. But then I see him sort of being in this pattern now and I'm like, ah, I don't know if I necessarily want to see him in this pattern. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Anything else in your life? No, that's it. All right. So let's go to the dislikes. And I will admit this is an absolute nitpick because there was only really one thing I didn't like about this. And and I'm going to talk about the opening segment. So Finn Balor comes out. You know, Finn Balor looks looks great. Looks like a champion. Uh, You know, he, he, he just has a great look. Pete Dunne comes out. 
you know, a little different, new, new physique. He, he's, he's still, Orange. you know, <laughs> becoming this new, you know, this new version of Pete Dunn. I was fine with it. And then Kyle O'Reilly comes out dressed like someone's dad. What do you mean? He had the, oh, didn't he have like a annex, does he, the undisputed he, like he, he, he had a hoodie and he had uh, some faded black jeans and some like Air Max shoes or something. I didn't think he looked bad. I thought he looked like a young guy would look, I guess, you know? He, uh, but I, I mean, he looked like a, he didn't look like a, did someone who should be fighting for the title should look. But so, th- th- and, and that was only part of it. The other half of that was he's talking to Pete Dunn and he goes, Peter, Peter. Oh, I knew he was going to say that right away pumpkin eater and i was just like i want like let's get kyle riley and finn balor back in the ring let's have them go again and then when he said that i was like okay maybe i don't need to see that match again like i was so offended by that line um and just like oh my god like did can you be less cool as a, a possible contender if, for this NXT title. I if that was his own line, though. You know, I think so. <laughs> no. I think he has a goofy personality. That's his, like... Oh, my God. So, uh... Damien Priest comes out and all that stuff, and then, you know, the... the uh, I, I didn't like... Scarlet came out. I didn't like Finn leaving. Well, I know... Actually, I didn't mind Finn's leaving, sorry. Because at first, I was like, oh, why is he just walking away and these guys are arguing? But I liked how he turned around and, and then said what he needed to say, like, you know... Yeah. That was good. The thing I didn't like was when all of a sudden Kyle Riley and Pete Dunn just disappeared. And then it's just Damian Priest and um uh and Finn at the time, right? We're talking. Um Scarlett comes out with that she felt she looked really uncomfortable to me in that outfit. And I don't know how she sat in that car with those spikes. That must have been interesting on the upholstery. So um but hey, you know, she's beautiful, so maybe Killer Cross doesn't care. But um <laughs> Yeah, so it was it was it was it was I didn't, it was on my dislikes or my likes. It was I was kind of you know indifferent about it. So I only disliked the Kyle O'Reilly <laughs> stuff. Like it was oh it was fine for the rest of it, but oh my god, I was so offended by Kyle O'Reilly. I love Finn Pal- Balor's promos though. I just love oh, yeah. his, his awesome. demeanor. I love his what he says straight to the point. You know, he feels like a star. Um, so yeah, I that, thought that was really good. Uh, on my dislikes, I liked, I did not like the opening match with this Jake Atlas versus Swerve, which which we booked for APW, which was a great match. But this, I don't know, maybe maybe we had rose colored glasses on that match. But this match felt well because they didn't have the, they didn't have the time. I guess that we gave them obviously you know a short, lot shorter time on television. Yeah, yeah. But this felt like a a dance routine. Um, uh, yeah, I got the story. Swerve's overconfident, right? He's cruising. He's he's feeling good about himself. Atlas though is not overconfident. He's hungry, and he and he catches Swerve. And I and I got, did not want to see. I don't want to see Swerve go heel. I yeah. he's a good heel though. He is a good heel because I saw him as a heel in MLW. Um, but but like I just think he's such a great baby face. Like he could be such a natural baby face. Uh, not just for the 205 title. I'm talking about for, you know, wrestling the Finn Balors of the world. And, you know, because he has good size, you know. And um, I don't know. I just think it's a I think it's a misfire if he's going to go heel. OK, this wasn't on any of my list, but I was wondering what you were going to th- what you thought about Swerve's facial expression at the end of that match, because I was like, is he really selling this or in his mind? Is he thinking 
Why the hell did I lose this match? No, like he's playing a part. <laughs> no, 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 but just the, I, it didn't seem like he was a hundred percent invested in whatever that expression or whatever he was supposed to do. It was almost like, mm, okay, I have to do this, but I don't know if I really believe it or not. I mean, if he's if he's not gonna go heal, is he like he has the same story with Jake Alice? Another guy that's just frustrated now that wants to you know get back to his a game right i mean it's kind of like the same story so i to me i think he's going heel which i i don't like that at this point in time for him okay my second and last dislike for this show okay you and i didn't talk about war games but we had two war games matches oh the vignette well no 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 no, no. not even that like i thought i think the vignette was good because it was that it is hits and misses on that all of the stuff that they did in those war game matches, if you want to condense them to the spots, there were some amazing spots in those matches. But I'm talking about they did weapons and oh, plunder I know. I know. and gimmicks and still inside the war games cage, which is supposed to be the gimmick or the, the thing. But they did all of that stuff. No blood, right? Zero blood. Oh, I hated it. I hated the women's one. I mean, actually, that's a strong word, hate. But like, the women the worked so hand, hard. They worked but hard, the, but just the the, the the way that it was booked out was. I thought it was a little unfortunate. Like, why they have to use weapons? Like, why the gimmick is war games? Yeah, exactly. And you know the the especially with like. When Triple H used a sledgehammer, I mean, sometimes he would, he hit a guy multiple times. And that's to drive me nuts. But usually it's around the finish, right? Or led yeah, to something. If you, if you hit someone in the head with a sledgehammer, they're dead. They're, they're, they're very concussed and possibly dead. Yeah. And then, like, that little sledgehammer, it was like, it's a hammer. And it's guess, like, and guess what? Rhea Ripley doesn't need that because she's a badass. She doesn't, no, she's not supposed no. to need a sledgehammer. No. And then, um, like, in the vignette of, like, I like the idea of the vignette, like, showing the punishment, but, like, you don't just say, I'm going to Dakota Kai, I'm going to be gone for a while because of my injuries I suffered. And she's just holding her neck. Like, yeah. just don't have it. Like, you can even show her, like, being, like, in a, like attended by doctors and saying you know have Raquel talk for her it's just some of that stuff was silly but uh but go ahead I'm sorry to cut you off there no no no. so I wanted to bring that up I I didn't think that you would have liked that stuff either but we had all that stuff happen no blood whatsoever Mm -hmm. and then there's a vignette with Xia Lee and Boa (laughs) oh shit this didn't make my list can you believe it there is so much blood Mm mm-hmm in this vignette that I, I was actually eating lunch while I was watching it. And I was kind of getting like a little sick to my stomach because there was like it was a sc- a, a scene after scene, blood splattering out of their mouth, blood falling yeah, off. Yeah. And, and my, my mind was like, this is effective. It's getting a it's getting a reaction from like my digestive system and my nervous system. But we just had the most brutal two matches that WWE has possibly ever put together. And there was no blood in those matches. How could they show fake blood in these vignettes and not show fake blood in those matches? I didn't understand that. Yeah, I mean, this didn't make my likes or dislikes surprisingly. I mean, I just forgot to put it on. But I actually thought it was was the better vignette of all the ones they've had so far. And I think we still got more weeks of this. This is going to be interesting. It was like it was like Karate Kid Three. Like he was just making them do stuff that they didn't want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Breaking them. So yeah, no, I agree. I that's yeah. We, I know we didn't chance to talk about war games, but um, yeah, it was um, you know, I agree with you. The weapons was way too much. It's like why why. 
why put a gimmick on top of a gimmick you know like it's war yeah. games man like no one like barely went to the cage and it's okay to have blood when it when you, when you have an uh the war games this is time to do blood right i mean mm-hmm. it's i don't know it's frustrating but yeah um on my dislikes that it's hard to dislike these ladies because i love them so much especially eo but the tony storm eo bra oh my god <laughs> Garrett, like this starts off with like EO just you know after she interrupts Tony Storm interview she punches her they start brawling Steve Carino who's about I don't know six four six five is he really that he's tall? a tall guy maybe maybe six three I'm looking whatever. this up I'm looking this up no he's tall he's a he's a tall guy I mean I stood with them before at APW I mean I I know I'm short but damn you know like. Uh, but anyways, that short. But he was like he and, and the other guy. They're like, we need security. We need to stop these women. And like, where'd they go? They bailed. And all of a sudden, these girls they start fighting into the arena. And where is where is the officials? Where is the chaos? Where is people trying to stop them? And and you know, you could have done all that with the officials. It was just so. It was just so frustrating and i'm glad that you wore my favorite pants but like other than that like you still couldn't save this from being on my dislikes i um i just find tony storm to be such a natural baby face and she she hasn't like figured out the rhythm of this heel turn yet but probably because there's just not she's not a heel she's not a heel and and she didn't really have a reason to to be a heel it's one of those like i do because i did it or something and i wasn't like yeah i mean they needed they needed a fifth person on the other side like i get it but um but i i agree with you it's it's it wasn't great and i just miss this i i had a problem putting this on my uh on my negatives because i was like do I not like this because it was not as great as I wanted it to be? Or am I just so bothered that Tony Storm is even a heel? So I kind of went back and forth. I was like, okay, you know, it it wasn't terrible, but maybe I'm just a little biased. But uh, yeah, I'm a little frustrated with her in this role. And uh, my my hope was, was that after um, after the war games, that she was just like, you know, to, you know, to, to, to her team, like, the only reason I I did this is because I needed to be in this match. I needed to showcase, and now you know, and now I'm on my own or whatever. But she was probably the least memorable person in that War Games match. I thought everybody else did something very memorable, and she was just kind of lost in the shuffle in that whole match. Yeah, I agree. And then like when Rhea comes out, her reaction when Rhea came out, got all scared. I was like. Oh. She just doesn't. She's just not natural at this heel thing. She's yeah, just natural yeah. baby face. So yeah, yeah. All right. Anything else? Yeah. The Gargano, Candice, Theory, Indy promo. I thought this the was the Milky Way line was terrible. The Way is a horrible name. Like obviously, there's some Mandalorian fan there that you know, <laughs> this this is the Way, or maybe Gargano's the Mandalorian fan. I don't know, but just a horrible name for the group. Um, I didn't like Theory being painted as this goofball character. Like kind of like this, the the dumb jock of the group. Yep. yep. And that's and I wasn't really digging this art as it was going, but then when he did like the line where he was like, you know, 
yeah the milky way yeah that's when i was like oh god this is de- <laughs> quickly i couldn't write it fast enough on my dislikes list so um because you know theory has potential to be a major player and like what major players started off as geeks i don't i don't really remember so um i i still feel like this is punishment to me that, that, that's got to be what it is right i don't, I don't know i think they, i think that they just think that I think a writer, whoever it is or whoever's booking him, just thinks like, oh, that he's a dumb jock guy, you know, and that's his role. Instead of like being like Gargano, maybe, Gar- maybe his idea is to still be this character and Gargano's going to coach him up, right? But Gargano's such a goofy character now as a heel. So, I, yeah, we'll see how it goes. It, it This group had potential, I think, when it was written. I have I feel they're gonna ruin it by the overuse of the comedy and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I get it. I, and, and look, we, we both. I think one of the takeaways from NXT in the last few months was that okay, like Austin Theory has the has the opportunity to be somebody, and so it, some of that is a little bit kind of like uh you know i that that's why i think that's why i hope that it's punishment because i would i would i would hope that triple h looks at this dude and is like okay you know you have so much going on for you and we are going to you know whatever it is he needs to do to to make austin theory uh shine the way that he needs putting him with gargano is not, is not a bad idea mm-hmm. at all but to make him the goofball is probably not the best thing for his long-term uh, situation. I know he's only 22, 23, whatever it is, and but that doesn't mean he has a lot of time. I mean, he does well, have I mean, a lot of, of time. Think of, but- think of Randy Orton was... Randy Orton was the young, immature... But he wasn't a geek. Fiery person of the evolution, but he was not a dumb guy. No, he wasn't a geek. He was... Yeah, he kind of overstepped his bounds. They had to reel him in a little bit, but because he was just... He wanted to prove himself, right? He wanted to... He wanted to go, 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 and Triple H was the cerebral assassin. He said, no, you gotta stand back. You know, listen to us, kid. This is just like just being the goofball, and it doesn't work, you know? It doesn't work That would be a really good storyline, though. If you put Gargano in the Triple H role and Austin Theory in the Randy Orton role, that would be a really good storyline for them. <laughs> That's funny you say that, but yeah, um, why? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Like, it, it, I think that it was probably. I don't know. This thing's probably changed a couple times. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, it's. No, you're right. That's why. I, that's why I would do it. Honestly, mm-hmm. I, I would have. Um, I would definitely do that with theory because he has that potential of being a Randy Orton esque guy. And he's so young and he can he can take so much of the knowledge and hopefully absorb it. And he has the tools already. He's already wrestling above his you know his his level because he just said yeah. natural. So, all right, is that it? That's it, my friend. All right, that is it. So I hope this last uh, hour and thirty and change. Uh, has has enabled you to kind of take your mind off of other stuff, other really important stuff in your life. So I hope you had fun with this as much as I did. Um, but we'll be back next week. We'll see what both of these two shows have to offer. Um, and and yeah, so uh, so for John, I'm Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out. Oh, before I leave, I, I I've never done this before. I've never gone to the very end of our of our show and then restarted, but. Check out what we're doing on Monday. 
you will uh, hopefully be interested in what we're doing. And I don't want to say anything yet. It's, I know this is a little bit of a tease, but pay attention uh, if you can to the social media. And you know, if you just want to go to fightgamemedia.com, check out what we're doing. Because I think a lot of you who are listening to this will be pretty interested. So uh, keep your uh, keep your eyes on the website, on our Twitter, on our social media, everything. So I'll redo that. For, for John, I'm Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out.